to another edition of the Fund for Innovation and Transformation, or FITS podcast. My name is Joelle Saltel, and I'm the Communication Specialist for FIT. For those who may not know, FIT is an innovative fund that supports Canadian small and medium-sized organizations testing innovative solutions to development challenges in the Global South with the goal of improving the lives of women and girls and advancing gender equality. It is an initiative of the Intercouncil Network of Provincial and Regional Councils and is funded by Global Affairs Canada. FIT has now completed two intakes and we thought it would be interesting to chat with someone who sat on the expert review panel to hear what makes a strong submission and some general observations about the review process. Giselle Maisonneuve participated on FIT's review panel at the concept and proposal stage for intake one and two. Giselle has a master's degree in social work with a specialization in community and international development. She's also worked with various NGOs, women's organizations, and civil society organizations on gender issues and community-based projects in Cameroon, Papua New Guinea, and Kazakhstan. For the past decade, Giselle has worked as a community development advisor in the Yukon Territory, coordinating and administrating a government fund. Thanks for joining us today, Giselle. Good morning, and uh, thanks for having me uh, on this uh, interview. I'm really uh, pleased to be here. So one question that comes up during the review process is whether an idea is innovative according to FIT's definition of development innovation. As a reviewer, what information do you find useful in the concept note or proposal in the description of an innovative solution? So um, information that are useful for the review committee is really we want to see a good description of what the development problem is, what the context is, and what the proposed innovation is. You know, we're really looking for the particulars of what the innovative nature of the solution is. We want to know how it's unique, how it's new, how it's different. For example, If an organization is proposing to use an existing approach um, that's been used, say, somewhere else in the world, we'd like to know how they plan on adapting this approach to the new context. So providing a really good description of the context is important. That might be a new region, a new sector, or a new population. Um, And so providing details on you know, cultural or political or economic, different consideration um, with uh, some information on existing practices in the region and how the proposed particular approach is thought to be suitable to meet the local needs. You know, what we see often, and and it's not enough, to say that an approach or an intervention or an innovation is innovative because it's new to a region or because um, it's because nothing is being done in the region about the particular development need. So we need a, a much bigger uh, picture of, of, of what's going on. And, and I think the organization should really present the information in a way that assumes that uh, the members on the review panel know 
potentially very little about the development problem and about the context and about the proposed innovation. So providing a good description on those three key elements are, are really useful. Right. Okay. So without sharing specifics, would you be able to share an example of a submission where all these elements were included and where it was well presented to the expert review panel? Yeah. So one innovation that was presented was uh, building on an existing uh, program that had been used successfully for a number of years. So the applicant was, was able to provide a really clear description of their program and the approach that was uh, being practiced. And through the evaluation of this particular program, they found out from the community that um, the community would uh, like to see that program being offered to a different uh, target group. In this case, the program was uh, implemented with a women's group and they wanted to open it up to men as well. So um, they were still proposing to advance uh, gender equality. So um, um, this was a, a, an important goal. And they were able to provide a really clear description on how the approach was going to be modified to meet uh, the needs as expressed by the community. So they provide a really good um, rationale for enhancing the, the one version of their program and how it was going to be tested. That's a great example. Um, now, FIT talks a lot about the idea of locally driven and inclusive innovation and what that means. So when you review an application, what do you look for in terms of how the problem or the need has been identified and the solution developed? Yeah, that's a very important component. We Ideally, we want to see that both the need and the solution were identified by the community, or at the very least, in consultation with the community. So, so you know, there's a, a spectrum of how a community may be involved. And so it can go anywhere from some fairly, you know, passive or superficial participation um, to active participation and all the way to decision making. So we want to know the degree uh, in which uh, the community was consulted, specifically um, the beneficiary of the uh, innovative solution and uh, because of fit, uh, how women and girls may have been involved in defining the solution. Looking at, at the details, you know, like how many people were involved, who was involved, what methods were used to um, collect some information from, to make sure that the voice of women and the voice of the local community is, is captured and in, included in the design of the um, of the solution. We really want to see that it's grounded in a local perspective.
So it goes back a little bit to the context, was what, which I was speaking of earlier, uh, being able to provide some, some uh, contextual information is helpful as well. So on a related question, talking about beneficiaries, um, how can SMOs include specific beneficiaries, especially women and girls, throughout the solution testing and evaluation? Uh, can you think of an example of an SMO who had a strong approach or a plan to accomplish this? So one organization had conducted a number of different participatory activities uh, right at the beginning of um, the initiative when they were uh, trying to define the, um, the development problem and the solution. And they included local stakeholders such as women organization or women's group and um, other organizations that may have a stake in the uh, issue. And also throughout the full testing um, process, they had ensured that there was some check-ins with women and girls through uh, focus groups, for example, um, in addition to any data collection that was uh, specifically for the testing purpose. So those check-ins were to make sure that women and girls um, were still uh, on board and uh, that the needs were still being uh, considered and that, uh, yeah, their voice was heard to make sure that it was there was no major issues. So a lot of participatory activities and focus group uh, type methods. You've spoken a lot about how it's important uh, to identify the local context um, and a little bit along those same lines is developing strong partnerships with local organizations or local partners. So for you as an evaluator, what are some of the key signs of a strong relationship between a Canadian organization and their local partner? So the, the organization should be able to describe the nature of their relationship with the partner. One of the things we look at is um, like the time frame, how long they've been uh, partners. Is this just a real recent relationship or have been working uh, together on different projects in the past? Um, we also want to know the nature of the relationship. So, for example, is the partner uh, providing some support or are they um, providing advisory um, services or are they local, their local expertise complement the Canadian organization's expertise? Are they having hands-on uh, practice in the field? Is it uh, more of a collaboration? So any uh, details on the nature of that relationship is really helpful. Okay, great. So advancing gender equality and or the empowerment of women and girls is an essential focus of FIT and innovations are expected to integrate gender equality throughout the testing process. So when reviewing an application, uh, what shows you that an SMO has carefully thought through gender issues related to their innovation design and testing? So one of the key uh, elements of this is that they have conducted a comprehensive gender analysis and that uh, is really helpful to um, understand that men and women may have different needs, they may have different opportunities and they may face different obstacles, have different realities. 
it, it will, um, you, you know, it's, it's important to understand that development problem may impact women and men differently. And, and in the same vein that the solution to a development problem will most likely impact women and men differently. So understanding what the barriers to participation are, understanding the gender norms or the gender equalities are really important. Um, you know, and gender issues are much more than just including women and girl as participant and or collecting sex disagreed data. Ensuring 50% rate of participation uh, by men and women and, and uh, girls and boys is certainly valuable, but it, it's probably on its own not enough to advance gender equality. So understanding the impact of an initiative um, and, and, you know, the unintended uh, positive or negative impact is also really crucial. Um, it, it will help as well um, identify some potential risk uh, that may come out of an initiative and identifying some medication measures to make sure that it's not affecting women and girls in a negative way. So with that, can you give an example of an SMO who incorporated gender considerations effectively in their concept note? So many innovation targets specifically women as, as beneficiaries and participants. So in one case, one organization had identified specific ways to include men in the innovation. And this was done in order to promote awareness and acceptance. Um, in, in this one case that I'm thinking about, th this was done really well. Um, they had a gender expert on the team at all steps of the design and testing and evaluation. And it really showed because they had considered uh, the potential risks. Uh, they had worked very closely with community leaders and trying to, including men, and trying to identify and mobilize men as allies and supporters. And they had incorporated some activities, um, either gender training or um, awareness uh, activities, so that men and boys would uh, be uh, better aware of the gender equality inequalities. Um, so, so they had done this very well, and they had been able to demonstrate it. And then in another example was um, kind of the same scenario where the initiative was targeting women and girls, and, and then they had invited men to participate. However, in this case, the SMO had not uh, identified the potential risks of involving men in terms of women's safety, both physical and emotional safety, and also the risk of men potentially hijacking the initiative for, for their own benefit. So in, in that particular scenario, more work needed to be done to make sure those potential risks were, were well addressed. These were great points to take into consideration for, for any project. Thank you so much, Giselle. Um, do you have any observations or suggestions for SMOs about format, tone, or professionalism when submitting a concept note or proposal? For sure, yeah. Um, one of the uh, 
primary suggestion would be to be well prepared. Um, ideally, start working on the proposal way ahead of time, so there's enough time to do necessary background work, you know, sometimes there's research to be done in the region or consultation with local authorities or local partners or beneficiaries. So, you know, start um, well ahead of time and avoid any last-minute issues, sometimes related to uh, technology. Technology, we've certainly seen this a number of times. Uh, another suggestion would be to respect the FIT guidelines. I mean, FIT has um, some very specific questions and uh, a number of pages to answer, answer those questions, and the guidelines are clear, so just follow them. And when presenting really complex or dense information, it's useful to add uh, tables or graphs to synthesize the information and help with the comprehension. And finally, I would say, you know, have somebody review your work um, for any spelling or grammar errors. That's always uh, useful. And limit the use of jargon and acronyms. Um, I think it needs to be prepared in a way that assumes that the review panel don't uh, know uh, specifically um, what the problem or the innovation is, and so may not be familiar with some technical jargon or acronyms. So all of this sort of creates an impression. Um, and given that FIT is fairly competitive, it's, uh, it's always a good place to start. You're right. Like all these things, all these elements do matter because they do create an impression. And we want to be able to fund the people who who we know will be good partners and who want to work collaboratively with us. Now, last, last question, Giselle, if you could give two pieces of advice to future FIT applicants, what would they be? You know, taking the risk of repeating myself, I would say that uh, the organization needs to clearly understand the parameters of the FIP program, specifically in terms of, um, you know, testing and innovation versus implementing a project. Um, advancing gender equality versus just adding women as participant. Um, and um, the uh, locally driven nature of the initiative is also very important. And then my second piece of advice would be that organizations should really present the concept notes or the proposal from the perspective that reviewers may not know the specific of the country or the region, may not know um, the specific of the context or of the innovative solution. Yeah, thank you so much, Giselle. This was really great and hopefully it'll be helpful for our future applicants. Well, thank you so much. I hope it is. Thank you. There's mamãs a se sarruma There's mamãs a se sarruma crying. Big namara sava volo sexual valence is cause only war. Cause only war, mother si fulo fatherless. Cause only war, mother si fulo wide or. Cause only war, mother si fulo wide or. Fantanos a hookah, Fantanos a brigadage, Fantanos a street child, Fantanos a PSD, Fantanos a hookah, Fantanos a hookah.
Mr. Richard Fandang 